Welcome to the Summit Shoe Podcast, where we talk to Summit Shoe's finest about martial arts, training, and some of life's smaller questions. In this conversation, we talk to Sensei Paul about keeping things simple, how martial arts taught him to trust himself, and what he learned from his mother. This conversation reminds me of a quote from someone which says that simplicity is freedom. What brought you to martial arts? Uh, well, um, I actually studied uh, martial arts for a couple of years. I, I took Taekwondo when I was a little kid. I was like 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for whatever reason, I, I got involved in other activities and, and stopped doing that. But I always kind of had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to get back into martial arts at some mm-hmm. point. And I did all the things that adults do. I mean, you know, of course, go to college and graduate. And I finished law school um, about 20 years ago and started, um, um, you know, working. And after I had settled in my job after a couple of years, I told myself I really want to get started back in martial arts. Mm. So that's what I did. And it actually had been about 25 years mm. <laughs> since I had stopped uh, studying Taekwondo. Oh, wow. Uh- I researched all the different martial arts, all the different schools in Atlanta, and I wanted a, um, a school that was fairly close by where I lived and that was pretty eclectic, you know, that, that blended uh, striking techniques and kicks and that sort of thing with, with things, arts like judo and aikido. I wanted to, to learn a wide range of different techniques. Mm-hmm. Kung Nu, I stumbled upon on that on the internet and mm. I, yeah this uh this is really what i want and uh been been there ever since it's been uh these 16 years uh this summer oh, uh, nice nice what <laughs> what keeps you start like staying something shoe instead of go try other style different style like other styles yeah well it really um there's always a challenge there's always something uh new that you can learn mm-hmm. um, Kung Nu is a really established art. I mean, we all know that, of course, it was founded in 1965. Yeah. It's been active in, in the United States uh, since the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, I like the fact that, that Sung Ming Shu has been around so long. I believe the dojo was founded in 1981. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's not going anywhere, you know, and that, that really feels good to be a part of um, uh a part of something that has been around for so long, and I know it's it's going to be here for a long mm-hmm. time. I see, I see. Do you remember your first uh, day or week uh, of classes in Samishu? Shu? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I say that because it was in August. <laughs> <laughs> and I started at the, the old dojo. Uh, I started, uh, yeah, like I said, 2005, and it was at the Inman Park Dojo. And mm-hmm. it was the middle of August when I started, and the place had no air conditioning. <laughs> no air conditioning and, and no heat and oh, wow. in the winters you know you can deal with that because it doesn't really get that cold you know mm-hmm. here. or if it does it's just for a few weeks out of the year but in the summer you know my very first class it was august mm-hmm. and uh i just i was sweating buckets you know oh, and uh, i was i was physically in pretty good shape but i just I'm used to working out like that uh, wow 
And uh, Sensei Julie was the instructor that night. Julie Granicker. I don't know if you've ever worked with her. No, no, I have not. She she trains hard and she makes sure that you train hard if you're in the class with her. And um, after that workout, I told myself, you know, if I can survive this, I can survive just about anything. Awesome. All right. So, you know, I always tell the, the members, you know, th- those of y'all that joined mm-hmm. after we moved to the new jo- dojo of Grant Park, you know, yeah. you, you know what you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I guess no, the trial by fire in a way, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like we say, well, you don't know what it was like when I was your age. I had to walk three miles in the snow back and forth, you know, yeah. every day. And same thing, you know, we had to train without air conditioning in the middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I want to know now what happens now after you started something. So what's the, what's the big, what's the one of the biggest difference that you see in yourself that before something issue and after something issue hmm. after you start training? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good question. Cause you know, I've, I've been doing it. Well, yeah, it's been 16 years. Um, and obviously I'm 16 years older and <laughs> a lot of us, as we get older, you get more patient, you know, mm-hmm. And you worry a lot less. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of that is just getting older, but a lot of that is martial arts, you know, it really yeah. does teach you patience. Um, it teaches you acceptance. You know, you have to accept what it is that you're able to do and, and what you're not. Mm-hmm. It teaches you uh, to set goals, you know, mm-hmm. and, and those are all things uh, that have, have stuck with me. Mm. I see. Okay. And what's your, What's your favorite favorite philosophy in, in terms of some no, kind of philosophy? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I'd actually uh, I did a public speaking um, or a public speech for for uh, one of my tests on that question, mm-hmm. and, and to me the well, there's the the code of ethics, of course, but I really like the seventh part of the code of ethics that uh, said the goal of Kung Lu students is to lead a pure, simple, sincere, and noble life. And mm-hmm. to me, I think that that pretty much summarizes it all, you know, in, in one mm-hmm. sense. Um, you know, I think, you know, pure, you can talk about, well, what does that mean? It, it doesn't mean that any of us are perfect, but we at least try to improve ourselves and, and mm-hmm. get closer to that. Um, and I like the part about simplicity. You know, most people, um, we tend to make things more complicated than they need to be. Mm. Sincerity is really important. Uh, you know, in, in martial arts, you really learn how to be honest with yourself and, and honest with other people, uh, even no matter what the situation is. And, and to me, that's, that's what sincerity means and, uh, and nobility. You know, we always, always wondered, well, what does that mean? And, and to me, it just means that you have a, um, an idea of what's right and wrong, you know, you have values and you're willing to stick up for that and, and you're willing to fight for it, even if it's not the easy thing to do. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I feel like that's very related to your job in a way, right? You're a public defender, right? Do you see it that way as well? I do. Um, it, 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 you have to, things in, in law can get real complicated. Yeah. And, you just you have to focus more on the big picture sometimes with a case. Mm-hmm. A lot of lawyers get focused on the real small details, which are important. You know that mm-hmm. has place, um, but it's easy to overcomplicate things. And I think when you're 
when you're arguing in court, you know, when you're arguing to a jury, especially, or, or even judges, a lot of lawyers tend to make things too complicated. You know, they, they have a list of like eight or 10 different mm-hmm. points they want to make and arguments they want to make. And my experience is you usually lose people after you make about four or five different points. So <laughs> yeah. part of being a lawyer, and, and this goes along with the, the simple part, mm-hmm. it's trying to uh, focus on, you know, what are the main points you want to really uh, focus on and, and what can you let go or what's just making things more complicated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Mm, nice. So what's the, what's, the part of, what's the hardest part as being a public defender? Um, well, I guess it goes back to um, the acceptance thing, you know, accepting what you can't change because a lot of the a lot of what you can accomplish with a case it depends on factors outside your control mm. um, and some of that is you know when you get a case there are certain facts that you can't change you know there's certain evidence that you know is going to get in and you can't really do anything about that you know that, mm. that make it difficult um and then there are some decisions that your client has a right to make especially the right, I mean, the decision whether or not to go to trial, whether or not to testify at trial. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, I think a client may do this or that, some decisions, you know, it's, it's theirs to make. And they may make a decision that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of the case that's outside of my control. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of it is just accepting what you can change or what you have control over and just and learning to let go uh, of the rest. Ah, okay. So yeah, the hardest part is just basically to learn to accept like what you cannot change. Yeah, and, absolutely. And then also do what you can do, like what you can change, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You I know see. that that has to do with martial arts. Um, you know, there. I know that, and I had to deal with this getting ready, especially for my black belt test. You know, I, I my I told you know and told my instructors I said there are some things that. You know, I'm not going to be able to do as well as, you know, a 20 or a 21 year old. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I still f- do the best to focus on those and also, you know, also focus on the things that I do uh, do well. Mm. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I want to go back a little slightly because I think you mentioned that you stopped training martial arts. You first started a long time ago and you stopped for like 16 or maybe 25 years. Right. Uh, yeah, it, went, it was about twenty. What, yeah, about twenty-five years. What caused you? What caused you to want to start martial arts again? Like, what triggered that decision? Well, I think it was. It, it wasn't really a midlife crisis, you know. But I realized <laughs> that I, I wasn't getting any younger, you know. Um, and I thought, well, you know, if I'm gonna do this, I, I can. I didn't realize at that point. Uh, the extent to which you can keep doing martial arts all your life, you know, especially if you move more towards uh, soft style techniques. Um, but I thought, well, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And uh, I finally had, had finished with law school and had gotten kind of established with my job. And um, I was just looking for a new challenge. You know? Ah, okay. And okay, okay. Been at the dojo ever since then. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. It's not any kind of like midnight crisis or anything. Just like you're looking for something new. Since you yeah, start exactly. with school, you know, you want something more more after work, I guess, right? 
Yeah, a new challenge, I guess. Okay, yeah. okay, that's good. And then also, earlier you also mentioned patience. Like you mentioned patience as something the big difference. Were you in, were you kind of impatient before <clears throat> training in martial arts? Yeah, I, I was, um, and that's improved a lot. I mean, I, I'm I'm a lot more easygoing and laid back about things now. Uh. And that just that comes with letting go of what you can't control, you know, and, and when right. you do that and when you focus on the things you can control, you know, it, it it's it makes you it gives you a certain amount of inner peace. You know, you're not worried so much um, mm. to worry so much about uh, things. Uh, what again, it was when I was younger, but it was also before I started training in Kung Nu. And mm. I used to worry so much about things. And then I finally realized that, you know, um, 90 or 95 percent of the things that I was worrying about never never came to pass. It never happened. <laughs> yeah, right. And and the the things that that did happen, a lot of times I just didn't have any control over. It. You know, you just mm. have to accept it because uh, because that's life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And that's very good. And I'm I want to go back to your uh, life story a little bit. Now what now. What brought you to Atlanta? Um, well, uh, I moved to Atlanta when I was, uh, God, how old? I've been living here since 1990. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I moved here right after I got out of, uh, out of undergraduate school. Um, and just, uh, you know, wanted to live in a big city. Um, mm -hmm. I'm from, uh, from Mobile, Alabama, which is, you know, it's, it's a small city. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty place, but it, it wasn't where I wanted to stay for the rest of my life. Got you. Um, yeah and just uh had been had been to atlanta a few times and uh like i said i've been here for it'll be 31 years uh, mm. this summer and uh, i guess you know i'm probably too old to move anywhere else <laughs> it's never too old to do anything <laughs> yeah that's true that's true. why would you move I, I don't if, have you, a, if you have a if you can you have a choice yeah yeah i don't i don't have a compelling reason to move out of here though oh okay 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 nice and so what? So how how how? What's your favorite like childhood memory growing up in Alabama? Um, hmm. I'd say spending time with my family, uh, especially going to the beach. Mm -hmm. um, my uh, my aunt and uncle had a, a house on um, on Fort Morgan, which is right on on the Gulf of Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, uh, by Gulf Shores in that area. And I, I love going to the beach. I love the water. You know, I do miss it um, being here in Atlanta, but, but, you know, going on vacation, spending time with my family, I, I'd say that was my favorite. Well, what, what did you do in a, in a beach, just running around? Uh, do you go swimming, surfing or anything? Just all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just lay out, running around, walk up and down the beach for miles. You know, I've always liked that. Mm. Um, Swimming, snorkeling, uh, fishing, mm. um, you know, floundering. Uh, you know, floundering, uh, you, you take a, a gig. It's like a long, sharp stick, and you go and catch flounder to cook. Uh -huh. um, right you know, put out crab traps. Um, oh, wow. You know, whatever you want to do on the beach. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It, once you get to a certain age, you know, you can have a couple of drinks if you want. Oh, right. <laughs> Not when you were too young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, not that I would ever do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, if you could give credit or thanks to uh, one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, who would that be? 
Um, yeah, I would say my mother. Uh, that was that was one of the the questions I know that that you um, he gave me ahead of time to think about. And, and yeah. when I looked at that question, you know, my mom immediately sprung to my mind. You know, I was I was very close to her. She died. Um, can't believe it's actually been about five years. Um, oh, wow. she passed away about five years ago, and and we were close, and we talked all the time. And and you know, I know that she appreciated everything. I know that she knew that I appreciated everything she had done for me, you know, cause we had a relationship, but I still, I'll think back on, on times that I spent with her. I'm thinking, well, I, I wish I would have spent more time and would have told her more, you know, how much I appreciate everything she did for me. But I think that happens a lot, you know, when you, mm. uh, you lose uh, a relative that, that you're close to. Wow. Yeah. And how did you, how, how, how did she know that you appreciate her? Is it, do, do you just do that through conversation, like communication? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. Um, you know, we also, we stayed really close. I mean, she, uh, uh, she had dementia, you know, she died eventually from that. And that was very difficult because yeah. when somebody has dementia, rather than losing them all at once, you lose them very gradually, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and in a way it, it's, I don't know. I don't know whether it's easier or harder than, you know, losing somebody suddenly, but it's mm. definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do hear her that for dementia is like, it's not hard on the person is having the dementia. Dementia is yeah. actually on the people, uh, the people that is, uh, basically the you know, family member is harder on a family member because family member actually seen a, kind of deterioration in their mm-hmm. like every day, right? See how they like almost like going away, like slowing away. Yeah. Sure. Do you, does that was that true for you as well? Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Um and you can look back in times uh like you know seven or eight or nine years ago before somebody dies, or at least with my mom, you can look back on that and see, you know, oh well I remember, you know, this time this was an early sign of dementia that that you didn't really notice uh, at the time, you know, but, but we, we had a very close relationship. You know, my, uh, my father basically uh, left the family when I was uh, five years old. Oh, wow. Divorced when I was really young. Uh, So, you know, I was a lot closer to my my mother than my father. So did she raise you, raise you by by herself? Pretty much. Yes. I had a stepfather um, and I, I had a good relationship with him, but mom didn't meet him until later. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Wow. So she she pretty much raised, you know, all of us by herself, by herself. Huh. I mean, it sounds it must be very hard on her. Like, do you remember at that time how how she like <laughs> juggling family, your kids and, 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 and work, I guess, to try to support you guys? Yeah, well, she was really tough. I mean, that that was one reason why I I admired her so much as a person. You know, she, she you know, emotionally, she was the toughest person that I ever knew. You know, it's funny because she was this little woman. She was about you know five two. She was a real small woman, but um, you know, she never let anything stop her, and and mm-hmm. that always um, inspired me. Um, and the other thing was, you know, she did have help from her family. I mean, she, oh yeah. She moved, my parents were living in, in Florida when they divorced and um, we moved with my mom to Alabama because uh, her mother and her sister, you know, my grandmother and um, my aunt uh, lived in Alabama and, and they helped raise me, you know, so okay, yeah. 
was to them as well. Oh, you know, yeah. the, the lesson from that is, you know, you just, you can't be afraid to ask for help. Um, uh. You know, and that's, that's one of that, that's one thing that kind of ties in with martial arts is that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, at the dojo, we've got a whole school full of people who are willing to help, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you need help with anything or having a problem with a technique and all you've got to do is ask. Mm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about that, I guess, personally, I always have a hard time I, I actually seeking help. So, uh-huh. yeah, so I, I can definitely see that as a, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I'm still struggling with that. And yeah. I'm not sure if it's a pride thing or it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm still not trying to figure it out. Yeah. I just noticed yeah. that on my, and it's about myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, it's, sometimes it's hard to say, you know, I don't know how to do this, but yeah. I remember, um, but I mean, there's things that all of us don't know and all of us have to ask about. I remember that this was funny. This was, um, it was way before I got my black belt. I think I was like a green belt and I was uh, taking a class and uh, the instructor, um, the instructor that was teaching the class was a black belt. And we asked him a question about a particular technique. And he said, you know, I don't know. I'll have to ask somebody. <laughs> Thought at the time I thought, oh wow, he's a black belt and there's something he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Black belt yes. too. You know, that was uh, that was that was a good lesson to learn. You know, uh, so regardless of your rank, it's okay if you don't know something. You know, nobody yeah. knows everything. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I guess, yeah, I I, I will try to work on that on myself as well. Asking yes. for help. <laughs> so what's the what's the best lesson that your mom had taught you? Oh, you know, I, I think I'd have to say, you know, you just, you can't give up, you know, no matter what happens to you in life. And, you know, she, she had to deal with a lot, you know, in life, um, you know, uh, the divorce, you know, plus I, I had a brother, older brother that died when he was very young. Whoa. It were very difficult, you know, on the family. Um, mm. But, um, you know, she, uh, she never let that stop her. And, and she, no matter what happened, you know, she always said, you know, if you take, you get hit nine times, you have to get up 10 times, you know, um, and that was, she really lived that philosophy. And that's something that I really uh, learned from. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah. So you, you mentioned your brother like died when, when he was very young. How, how, I guess, how did you, how did you get through that time? Honestly, I don't remember a lot about that. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a time in my life that I, I really I don't recall very much about that. Honestly, oh, was he older than you or younger? Uh, yeah, he he was he was older than me. Um, oh, okay. So you were too young to remember anything about it, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. What was the one thing that you were very afraid of doing, but you did it anyway? You know, that's a good question. Uh, there's not very much that I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. Probably the only thing I'm afraid, really afraid of is heights. Uh, <laughs> heights? Heights. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not afraid of, I mean, I, I'm not afraid of getting getting hit, you know. Um, yeah. I'm not afraid of really anything except heights. And uh. sometimes I, I've forced myself to um, um, do things like, you know, hike up Stone Mountain or mm. uh, t- took a Ferris wheel, you know, <laughs> I mean, for a lot of people, they think well, a Ferris wheel, oh, big deal. They're, 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 
Well, when you're really afraid of heights, yeah, it, it isn't uh, because there's so little separating me from, you know, falling, uh, you know, a few hundred feet, you know, you're just yeah. sitting there and I think, you know, what, what, what if this bolt comes loose or, you know, what if, what if, what if they didn't tighten the screw here and <laughs> yeah. breaks? Um, uh, you know, it's, it goes back to worrying about things, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. 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 So do you think those fears are unreasonable or unfounded or do you just like go with it? Not really. I mean, it's, it's normal to be afraid of heights. I mean, if you fall off a building, you know, obviously yeah. that's not going to be good. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of fear is good, you know, yeah. back to, um, and we talk about this, you know, in self-defense classes, it goes back to trusting your instincts. Mm-hmm. You know, when, uh, when you interview people who have, have been in a self-defense situation or have been, you know, the target of some type of attack, you know, what you see, you hear a lot, they say, well, you know, I knew there was something off, or I knew I knew I, I should have done this or that, you know, and, and we have a very well-developed instinct, you know, for danger and, and being able to avoid it. So, yeah, I think, you know, if we have fears, you know, to a certain extent, that's good, because it, it keeps us on our toes. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, you know, you can't let that, you uh, you can't let that cripple you, you know, or, or keep you from, from living uh, or having a well-adjusted life. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's millions year of evolution, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you ever felt that you were lost in your life? Um, no, not really, honestly, uh, you know, I think, you know, everybody has this idea how they want their life to, to work out, or I guess everybody doesn't, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but to me, and, and this kind of ties into martial arts, you know, to me, life is about the journey. You know, it's about the things you learn along the way and mm-hmm. about the, uh, you know, the friends that you make and, and things that you learn and, and relationships uh, that you have with other people, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, in terms of, of career and school and that sort of thing, you know, my, my life has kind of meandered, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't start going to law school till I was in my thirties. Um, and I didn't start practicing law, you know, until I was in my late thirties. I, I worked in mm-hmm. the mental health field up until that point. And a lot of times, well, I, I still do work in the mental health field. If you're a lawyer, you, you deal with mental health issues, you know? Yeah. Um, but I guess, what I was getting to with all of that is, is, you know, I didn't have this, you know, uh, preset idea of, you know, this is how my life has to work out. It's just, mm-hmm. it's going to work out the way it's, it's meant to. Yeah. So why? Yeah. 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 So why, why did you decide to go to law school? Uh, well, you know, I just, I think the law is really interesting. Um, uh-huh. You know, and I always, I think criminal law is really interesting. I've always been. been what did you study before that? What you were planning to do before law school? Uh, well, I, I have a degree in psychology. I'd worked huh. as a counselor and, and a social worker. Before. Mm. And, you know, I still, like I said, still do. I, I kind of have one foot in that door. Because um, I, I work with, and one of the things I do at my job is uh, I work at the mental health court. Um, mm. Uh, that's a court in Fulton County for for clients um, with mental health, you know, problems mm-hmm. that have ha- that have something to do with why uh, they got arrested, you know, and are charged mm-hmm. with crime. Yeah. So 
I still, that was my background before law school and, and I still do that a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, let's see, I guess speaking of meandering, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what, I feel like I've gotten off track. Like what we were originally talking about what I had done earlier. Or what no, I used yeah, to- no, no, you're, you're perfect. I mean, I was just wondering like why you decided to go to law school and then what were you yeah. doing before law school, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, and I always, uh, liked helping people, you know, uh, and making a difference in people's lives. Um, and uh, I guess I never really wanted to save the world, you know, quote unquote, because I know you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But all you can do is just help one person at a time, you know, and, and being a public defender, you know, definitely uh, gives you a chance to do that. Mm, okay, okay. What is the best lesson that you have learned from someone or something? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. Um, Again, you know, with, with the list of questions that you sent, and um, I actually had uh, a chance to kind of put this into practice uh, last weekend when I was teaching the kids class, but this happened, um, <clears throat> it was probably about, it was years and years ago. I, was, I think I was a green belt, and again, it was, was uh, a class, I was just taking a class at the dojo, and uh, Sensei Doug was our instructor, Doug Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was having us do a particular technique for repetitions, you know, up and down the dojo floor. And I noticed that uh, everybody else was doing, and I forget exactly what technique it was, but I noticed that everybody else was doing that technique differently than, than what I, how I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So it changed the way that I was doing it to conform with everybody else. And mm-hmm. the thing was, it turned out everybody else was doing it wrong, and I had started out doing it right. And Sensei Doug, he said, Paul, he said, he said uh, you need to focus more on yourself and worry less about what other people are doing. He said, because sometimes you're, you're right and everybody else is wrong. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that was, you know, probably the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I, I took from martial arts. You know, it's like, don't, don't be looking around and watching everybody. You know, if you think that, that you're doing something right, just, just focus on, on what you're doing, you know? And mm. uh, actually I did that. I, I told that to a student um, on Saturday, I was teaching a, a kid's class. Um, in the parking lot. And I had one student, you know, who was doing a technique correctly and another student wasn't. And the first student, he looked at the other student and, and changed what he was doing to conform to that person. I said, no, I said, uh, you're right. And this other person's wrong. You know, don't, don't focus on what other people are doing so much, you know, just, just do what you think is right. Um, that, that was a, that was a good lesson. Hmm. Yeah. And that's, that is a very good lesson. And it sounds like it's, it can apply actually beyond uh, martial art, right, to life as well. Where oh yeah, absolutely. A lot of times, even myself, like sometimes I I usually tend to, and it's when I was younger, right. I always tend to go with that opinions, like especially that opinions, like some public opinions that you usually like go with the whatever the majority opinion, right? Because you are trying to tend to conform yourself in a way, right? So yeah, yeah. Even though even though you might be right but you try to question yourself right so mm-hmm. yeah. okay and a lot of that has to do with i think i, I don't want to call it self-esteem it's more with self-consciousness mm-hmm. there are two different things you know self-esteem is i think is inside you know it's what you know about yourself and self-consciousness is when you're worried about what other people think about you you know and mm. Uh, that's one of the nice things about getting older. You, know, is you worry a lot less about what other people think about you. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
No, it's, I used to worry about that all the time. And, and now, you know, probably starting about 10, 15 years ago, I just, I've just let all that go. Uh, yeah. So you're saying that self-esteem is worrying about what other people think about you? Oh, well, no, self-esteem is, is what you have inside, what, what uh, you about yourself. Mm-hmm. Self-consciousness is what is worrying about what other people think about you. Oh, yeah. If you're self-conscious, you know, you're, you're always worried about, you know, external things, you know, whatever. Oh, self-conscious. About. Self-esteem is inside you. That, that's something nobody else can, can take away. You know, to uh, me. Well, what did you learn that from? Um, just mainly getting older and getting tired of worrying about what other people thought. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, what, what did you learn? The distinction of self-esteem and self-consciousness. Yeah. Well, I read it somewhere. I forget where, but oh, okay. I read it in a book somewhere, and and, I'm, and it just it clicked with me. It just it made perfect sense. And I had always or that that's that distinction. It was something that I had been thinking about, but had never really heard it put in those words. Hmm. Had never really been able to explain it that way, you know, until I read it in the book. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Do do you read a lot? Uh. I do. Um, I don't read as much now um, just because of time thing. But yeah, I, I read a lot more than I watch TV. Yeah. Ah, what, what's the book? Watch TV. <laughs> I see. Well, what, what's the book that you recommend most to others? Um, well, there's uh, there's one book. I, I forget the, the, the author's name, but it's called Excess Baggage. Ah, Excess Baggage. Uh, Excess Baggage. And it's a book. It's written by a psychologist. It's about how you know, ways of thinking can, um, you know, prevent us from being happy. So that's one. And, and I've also read some good books. And, and I can't think of a particular name here, but I've read some good books about decluttering, mm. like getting rid of stuff in, in your house, yeah. uh, possessions, getting rid of stuff that you don't really use and don't mm. need, you know, things that are just weighting you down. Yeah. Um, I've read some good books about that. And, and that's something I, I try to do every few years, mm-hmm. go through all my possessions and, and clothes and, and all that stuff, you know, and just try to get rid of stuff that I don't really, really need or really want to have around. Uh. Um, and uh, another book I, I'm reading now, it's called Digital Minimalism. Uh-huh. You've heard of it. Uh, it's written by a guy named Newport, uh, Cal Newport. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of like it's about decluttering, but it's uh, specifically um, online, you yeah. know, with computers and social media. You know, I don't do social media. Um, I'm one of the few people I know. I mean, I, I don't have a Facebook account. I don't do, uh, um, you know, Facebook. I don't do Twitter. None TikTok. of that. And, and I, I don't, and, and people just think it, I'm a dinosaur or something. Maybe I am, but to me, it just, it seems like it's more trouble and more, um, yeah. more drama than it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have Facebook either. So, so I understand how, really, what you do. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I know some people who, uh, who have it, but they don't use it very much. You know, they just use it to like, you know, keep in touch with like relatives every now and then. But I know people who just, you know, has spent hours and hours on it and they have, you know, 5,000 friends. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, you can't have 5,000 friends, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, and this, uh, this book I was talking about, uh, digital minimalism, yeah. you know, 
um, it talks about how social media, you know, it plays into our insecurities. Mm-hmm. We think that all these people, you know, that, that you see on social media, it seems like they have a perfect life, you know, and, and it's not, but that's the version that's presented. Yeah. You know, I think it, it tends to make people, you know, unhappy with their own situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> clutters up your mind too much. So, um, yeah. I just, I don't have time to deal with that. I really don't have time to deal with social media. So yeah. I, I don't do it. So yeah. sounds like you are, you, you, you like the minimal, minimalism style of life in a way. Yeah. I, I try to, I've tried to simplify things as mm-hmm. older, you know, yeah, going back to the kind of philosophy, simple, right? <laughs> Simplistic. It's, it's what? The kind of philosophy, no ethics you talked about earlier. Like, yeah. Keep it simple in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Pure, simple, sincere, noble life. And yeah, I don't have a take. And I've said before, you know, you don't have to take a vow of poverty. I mean, you know, I like having a nice home and I like having, you know, um, a comfortable home and nice things and and that sort of thing, you know, nice clothes. But, you know, you just you have to realize what's important and what's not, you know, and if you've got you know, an item of clothing and you haven't worn it in five years, you know, get rid of it. I mean, give it to somebody who needs it. Um, mm. There's something in the kitchen I haven't used in years or I haven't eaten in it in a couple of years. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> it, it needs to go. Um, yeah. You know, and it's not about, you know, <clears throat> like I said, you know, taking about poverty or, or living in a log cabin somewhere. You just, you just have to know what's important in life and, and what's not. Yeah. What, what is important to you? Uh, um, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, you know, doing things that, that mean something to me, you know, I enjoy, um, like, you know, I like to, to work out the gym. Uh, I enjoy martial arts. You know, I like teaching, uh, martial arts. Um, I enjoy my job most of the time, you know, um, <laughs> <Well>, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say I, I like my job about 90% of the time, you know, the other 10% of the time it sucks. But you know, that's, that's that's quite 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 a lot already. So that's good. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. You know, if ninety percent of it is good, you know, I can deal with the other ten percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. So, a few more questions. Uh, sure. If you could undo a previous decision you made in your life, what would it be? Uh, you know, I can't think of one. Okay, I mean, that's, can't. That's perfect. You know, it's. I mean, I've made decisions that that I. I wish, you know, could have done differently. And I think, well, I should have done this differently, but, you know, everybody I think is a product of, of their whole life, you know, mm-hmm. and you can say, I can say, well, I should have done this differently based on what I know now, but what I know now is a result of all the decisions I made, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. you know, if you did something differently in the past, who's to know what your life would be like, mm-hmm. You know, because you wouldn't be the same person. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, do you ever see that movie called The Butterfly Effect? A uh, long time ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's and the idea is, um, you know, this guy can go back in time and change things, but when you change something that you do in the past, it alters the future in the way in ways that he can't anticipate. You yeah. Know? yeah. So it's like you know, I just I can't think of anything any decision I made that I, I really regret. I mean. That's- that's good. Actually, that's a very good sign as well, and good yeah. philosophy. Good sign that you know you you basically have done a lot of stuff that you know basically. I mean, no regret is a very good thing, right? So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm maybe I'm lucky in that regard. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah. So, um, is do you have any advice you give give you give you your like younger self? Um. Yeah, it would just be uh, just the things that I guess I talked about so far, like that that you learn as you get older. Yeah. You know, worry so much um, mm. just about things that that really are unlikely to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, just keep in mind what's important and what's not. Mm. You know, don't worry so much about what other people think about you. Yeah, yeah. Self-esteem, right? Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was I was talking about this with. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. It was another lawyer I know. Um, he was a defense attorney, and he was saying that you know he wasn't sure if he wanted to to continue being a, a criminal defense attorney. He said you know people um, you know p- people don't respect you, or you know they just think that you're the scum of the earth, or whatever. Hmm. I said, well, you know, I just quit caring what people like that think. You know, a while ago, mm-hmm. um, I said I figure people are either gonna you know like me for who I am and, and respect me for who I am, or they won't. And if they won't. You know, that's that's it's up to them you know um yeah. i mean you know people are who they are yeah 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 that's good not worry too much and don't care don't care too much about what other people think be your uh, you know yeah just be content yeah. with yourself yeah and yeah. and don't make things too complicated <laughs> yeah. don't make things too complicated don't overcomplicate them yeah, you know? yeah. that's another thing I, I could say you know that i've, I've learned in martial arts is is yeah. I can tend to make things more complicated than they really need to be. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, some senseis have given me that advice. They're like, Paul, just, you know, do it without thinking too much about it, you know, mm. which, which yeah. can be good advice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good advice. If you could put a word or message outside a dojo window for people driving by, what would it be? Uh, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it would it would be neat. Maybe uh, uh, this just occurred to me: uh, martial arts for life, you know, because it's. Uh, I mean, for it, not only does it enhance your quality of life, you know, you you get you know in better shape and and you learn some interesting things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to help protect yourself and and it's a good form of physical exercise and you know it's also something that that you can keep up for the rest of your life. You know, even if you have. Uh, injuries you know you can still do soft style technique and even if you learn you know one particular technique or, or kata you know it's not just that there's more to learn you can keep on working the basics you know when mm-hmm. i um, when i teach a class or, or when i practice uh, i always do kata one at least once you know every every time i, I practice i always do um you know kata one even a couple different ways because you could do that for the rest of your life and still not be perfect mm-hmm. you know and, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of being a good um, advanced martial artist is perfecting the basics, you know, doing the uh, the lower block, you know, doing your front snap kick, you know, doing a, a punch so that it looks really sharp, you know, and, and people look at it and say, wow, you know, that, that, that technique looks really sharp. Uh, and you can keep on working that for the rest of your life. You know, I mean, you can work your front snap kick or kata one for the rest of your life and, and still, uh, still benefit from it, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, martial arts for life, 